Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today is our very own Drew Silva, as we are here following up on a unfortunately unexciting Sunday morning game here as the Dodgers thoroughly trounce the Marlins in Miami. Uh, Drew, how's the weekend going? Good, man. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, the takeaway from today's game is that the Dodgers are good and the Marlins need offense. Yeah, and that'll that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks for yeah, and that's that's what in. you come here for is that hard hitting content. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I will say when I looked at the Marlins, I know they just um, I forget who they just DFA'd, but like I was looking at that lineup, just the starting lineup for today, and boy, just for a team that has really nice pitching options, there is just nothing, nothing on that offensive side of the ball that really gets you excited, especially with no Jazz Chisholm, who obviously is injured right now. I mean. When you're looking at John Birdie and Garrett Cooper as like the the linchpins of your offense, things are things aren't ideal. Yeah, Brian Anderson had a big homer today, but that was the only run that the Marlins scored yep. against Julio Urias and the Dodgers bullpen. We knew this coming into the year, right? Like I think it's probably why Derek Jeter stepped down as whatever his mm-hmm. role was, CBO. Um, I I think he want he was like, all right, we've got this pitching, let's go spend on some offense, and they. Yep. And I think ownership was like, well, no, we, we we're making money, and we like we're. I mean, we're it, it, yeah. it needs to be addressed. I feel bad for Kimming. Um, you know, the the first female GM yep. who is the GM of the Marlins. They did a nice profile on her mm-hmm. during the broadcast today. Like, if if ownership is not going to back you, like this off season, this past off season would have been the time to strike. If you're not going to spend money then to back up Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez, and I know Trevor Rogers has been a letdown, but the pitching that they have to not pair that with some legitimate bats, it's a dereliction of ownership. If if that makes sense, I think a great way of phrasing that there. Coming up on the show today, everyone, Drew and I are like I said are going to be covering some big stories around the league. Um, get you ready for week 20 of the fantasy baseball season playoffs and head to head leagues are right around the corner. So we are in full crunch time there and we'll be answering your questions live right here on NBC sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to this in podcast form, be sure to check out these live Q and A's every Sunday during the regular season, following the thrilling conclusions of our MLB Sunday leadoff games. And before we get to your questions, though, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball, on the PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, and in the Premier League. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. So let's get to some of those top stories and let's stick with that Dodgers 
Marlins series. Let's talk about Sandy Alcantara for a little bit because he threw another gem last night as he, I think, all but stamped his name on the Cy Young Trophy in the National League. Uh, His fourth complete game of the season, he beat the Dodgers 2-1. And this is even more notable because I believe entering the game, he had an ERA of over 14 against the Dodgers in his career, including getting blown up in his last start against that same team. Instead, he goes nine full innings, gets out of a bases loaded jam in the ninth to close it out. I Mm -hmm. love the confidence that Don Mattingly continues to show to Alcantara, continuing to give him a little bit more the opportunity to get out of games rather than the quick hook that we're so used to seeing from everywhere else. But I mean, that was an exciting game last night that unfortunately didn't get today during the Sunday Mm -hmm. game, but once again, just showed the dominance that Sandy Alcantara can be against probably the best lineup in all of baseball. Yeah, I mean, he's just become baseball's premier workhorse. I feel like I'm out of adjectives to describe how good and composed he is and the way he works deep into games is so valuable in fantasy. And I agree. I mean, he's what is what are the odds right now for the Cy Young Award? He's got to be like a minus 400. Yeah. I'll look at it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got the entire arsenal. Um, Again, I feel like it's it's almost been run into the ground. All the things that you can say that he's done well this season and and really it started last season. I mean, he's turned into again, like the, the, the ace of all aces, you know, and, and for what he could do against that Dodgers lineup, I said on our Thursday podcast that I felt like maybe the Dodgers had some holes, but like, like is the back end of their lineup really that effective, but then you see Max Muncy starting to get it going um, Chris Taylor is certainly capable of getting it going. Gavin Lux has had some good stretches and it's just incredible. The, the depth they have, like for a, another team to lose Walker Bueller for the rest of the season, yeah. they haven't had him for a long time and he's going to be out next year too. A lot of teams couldn't recover from that, but the Dodgers, you know, they slow played Dustin May's recovery. Mm-hmm. He comes back and looks fantastic. He's added a changeup. Um, now he's a four pitch pitcher with all the tools to be a long term stud. This the the depth is incredible. They they can deal with Max Muncie having a bad four months. Yep. You know and and have I think they had the 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 second best July in all of franchise history, and now they're putting together the best August in franchise history. So I I think when I said that on Thursday's show, it was maybe just. I was like projecting because I'm a Cardinals fan and I, I want to believe that the Cardinals right. are as good as the Mets and Dodgers and Braves, but now this is a juggernaut. And I mean, if you know, baseball's crazy, especially when you get into these like three game, I know that they're not going to play in the three game wild card round, but like five game, seven game series, anything can happen. Uh, but this Dodgers team looks poised to make a very deep October run yet again. Yet again is right. Um, I believe they, after today's game, if I have the stat correctly here, they are 66 and 12 when scoring first in games. It's That's just the dominance that you expect from this team because they score early and the pitching continues to hold up throughout. Obviously, you mentioned losing Walker Bueller. They will be getting um, Clayton Kershaw back soon. And that is a note for fantasy managers out there because it does look like uh, Dave Roberts did say that they are going to move to a six-man rotation upon Kershaw's return. So that's Kershaw, Arias, Dustin May, Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, and Andrew Heaney, which I think is a perfectly smart move for reality. But from a fantasy perspective, it means you might lose out on a start from any one of those guys that is on your roster right now at least to start, if not two, before the end of the year. Just keep that in mind. You might not be able to get 
much of a two-start pitcher from any Dodger moving forward if they continue to stick with the six-man rotation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're going to list off some two-start pitchers toward the end of the show, but you get it. I mean, they're playing for a World Series. They, yep. you know, they've, they've got the division locked up. What is that lead now? 19 games? Yeah. Um, and they, were, they showed a graphic on the broadcast today that 1995 Cleveland won their division by 30 games. That's the best of all time. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Dodgers can push toward that level or you know get pretty close to, to that mark because, I don't know, the the Padres are kind of a weird team right now. And yeah. the Fernando Tatis Jr. thing, I think, from a human element standpoint, is, is a big downer for that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, the Dodgers are obviously running away with this. They're going to try to keep everyone healthy, give them extra rest, and it just makes sense. But, you know, that's the reality of fantasy sports. You're dealing with real-life baseball and then fantasy baseball, and sometimes there's a disconnect. Yeah. And when you look at this Dodgers team, though, obviously you're talking about six man rotation. Now put these put that same Dodger team in the postseason and take two of those arms out of the rotation and put them in the bullpen just shows the even the deeper depth that this team can go to. when all of a sudden Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney are coming out of the pen because that makes the most sense for them. And you know, that's the way it's going to work in October. Managers get very quick with the hooks if a guy. Is, is looking a bit off in the fourth inning and, and he's getting around to like the, the third turnover of the, the opponent's lineup, you might see him pull him. And it's really nice to have a guy that can come in and dominate for four innings of long relief, which the Dodgers have. And um, not many teams have that kind of depth, pitching depth. Like, I mean, I, I'll say it over and over. What the Dodgers are, I mean, they have the stars, but then they have guys that they can plug in. Yeah. And 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 get you you know through the marathon that is the season. They're just a very well built organization, and it feels like they're going to be that way for a long time. Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like it's going away anytime soon. No. Um, let's talk about let's stick about pitching here. Jack Flaherty for your Cardinals threw 85 pitches in his last rehab start, um, only gave up one run. Could be activated this week. Um, he's a welcome sight to Cardinals fans and to fantasy managers who have either been bitten by the Jack Flaherty bug or are hoping to, to pick up the last, the last remnants of it. Um, talk to me a little bit about what this Flaherty's return means for not only your Cardinals, but also for um, what fantasy managers should really expect for the rest of the season, as he is hopefully a shot in the arm for both of those teams. I wish I had a good answer. <laughs> um, I don't know what to expect. Like you said, a lot of people have been burned by Flaherty in, in recent years and He's got that slap tear in his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So um, he looked really good in, in his latest rehab start. The velocity was there, like you mentioned. Um, but is he, is he going to be able to maintain this with still like a, a balky shoulder that I, I don't even know how you can fix a slap tear. I mean, that, that would require a serious surgery and maybe he'll have it eventually. I'm a pessimistic Cardinals fan. Like I'm, I'm always, you know, worried about anxious about what's going to happen next. It, it shouldn't affect my mood as much as it does because I'm 35 years old and, and married and should just – it shouldn't affect me. Though. I know you're a Yankees fan and it, it affects you the same way. This is yeah. why we like yeah. baseball because exactly it's sad that, like, our mood on a day-to-day basis is so affected by our baseball teams. But, you know, it's fun. Um, I'm, I'm skirting around the question because I, I have no idea what to expect. I mean, he gets the Reds first. I think you'd probably play him in fantasy. Like the, the, that Reds offense is is not good. Joey Votto's done for the season. Not that yep. he was having a great year. Um, it is in Cincinnati, and obviously that's a very homer friendly ballpark. Um, but he he got the pitch count up in his last rehab start and looked really good. So 
you know, if, if he's on your IL, activate him, put him in there. He gets the Nationals in his next start. I think that would be next Tuesday or Wednesday, early next week. So Reds, Nationals, if, if, he, if he doesn't look good against those teams, then, you know, I'd be worried about his career, honestly. He's yeah. you know, one, of, one of my favorite pitchers, man, and he was so good in that second half of the 2019 season. I was like, this guy is, you know, going to be a really special pitcher, if not for the Cardinals, somewhere else. Um, and you know, when, when a shoulder pops up for, for a young dude like that, I, I just, there are like career effects to it. And I don't know, I, I would start them in fantasy for those two starts, Cincinnati and Washington, but I I would be a little bit cautious about it, I guess. I I wouldn't really have high hopes is what I would say. Yeah. I think that's the that's the conversation here is like, yeah. what is the perspective that you have on here? You're not expecting 2019, like looking like a Cy Young candidate here. If you're talking about if Jack Flaherty from now to the end of the year can be a, you know, three, five ERA pitcher who gets yep. the, who gets the occasional win, who gets that stuff. I think that's perfect. That's what you should be expecting here. Expecting the guy that you hope to draft at the beginning of the season and was hoping going to be, you know, yeah. a top 10 Cy Young type pitcher. That's just don't expect that from here on out. Like you mentioned, he's got two very cushy matchups to start off, assuming that he does get activated and plays Wednesday as is as would align for him. Um, it's a great two start to get back into the it, to get back into the major. So hopefully that shows enough to get him where you feel confident starting him on that third start moving forward. Still available in thirty nine percent of Yahoo leagues. That number should go up a little bit. Yeah, it will. Um, with him finally coming off the IL, if he is available in your league, I recommend going to grab him now. Just because I think there are a few pitchers out there, a few players out there. Period who I think can hopefully be a shot in the arm for your team at this point in the year. Most totally. of those are already either, either out for the season already or won't come back with enough time to really help out. Yeah, I mean, the, the upside is there. I mean, we've seen what he can be in the past. And I, I think the velocity thing in his last rehab start was super promising. Like maybe yeah. he really, maybe the time off really helped that shoulder. You know, a, the shoulder is weird. I say it all the time, but it's, it's kind of just like a cavity, you know? So when something goes wrong with it, it's not like you can have Tommy John where you pull a ligament out of your right. thigh and you wrap it up and, and you take 13 months off and come back sometimes better than ever. Um, the shoulder just doesn't work like that. It's it's a mystery to, to surgeons, I think. There's just no real way to fix it other than rest. Yep. Um, but like we were talking about teams needing like really good middle relief in the playoffs, if he can just be that, honestly, mm-hmm. like moving into October, I think the Cardinals would totally take that. You know, you got Wainwright probably as your game one starter. Jordan Montgomery has been fantastic game two. Yep. And then you can go Michaelis or Quintana. You might not really need Flaherty to be a, you know, a, a starting pitcher, an effective starting pitcher. If he can be like a three inning middle reliever, I th- that would be really beneficial to the team in real life terms. Uh, let's talk a, a new injury that came up this week. Oh as a world as Chapman heads to every day our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. BIL for a bad infection from a tattoo. Which, if that doesn't feel like a beautiful bow to wrap on the Aroldis Chapman 2022 season, I don't know what is. Um, obviously this is not expected to keep him out long-term, so he should be back before the end of the year. I think there is, there was a real hope that maybe Chapman just, he was starting to find his footing just as Clay Holmes started to lose his, that maybe there was an opportunity for you to kind of buy low on Chapman. He becomes the Yankees closer for the remainder of the year and runs with it. I think this puts a pretty hard kibosh on that, especially knowing that Chad Holmes is expected to be activated from the IL early this week. You'd expect that he would then slot right back into that closer role as Chapman rehabs this infection. Um, congratulations, Roldis Chapman. This is the, I think, the weirdest injury of the year so far. I think this <laughs> is the one. We had a couple really weird ones last year. Yeah. Was- Lizardo breaking his pinky while playing video games was up there. But like, this is, I think, if I'm, if I'm running through the Rolodex, this feels like the oddest injury of the season so far yeah last year someone like tweaked their knee while carrying luggage down some steps yeah that was the other one too someone, was... <laughs> there's always like some slips in the shower yeah uh, it's yeah there's a there's a long list of kind of funny that's a bad term for it but just weird baseball injuries um that usually happen off the field i i don't know it's it's a frustrating situation especially for a yankees team like i was just pulling up their depth chart man Whew. On the IL, just among relievers, yeah. Albert Abreu, Zach Britton, Miguel Castro, Aroldis Chapman, Scott Efros just went on there too. He's a guy that could have maybe, you know, picked up some save opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Green, Clay Holmes, you know, hopefully back early this week. Michael King, that's a that fractured elbow. Yeah. And yeah, we, we were talking before we hopped on. That happened like in, in mid-July. And I that's kind of or t- toward the end of July, like right after the All-Star break. And I feel like that's when the Yankees started to not look so in, invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're a Yankees fan and he's just a reliever, but like, man, sometimes having like a dominant setup, man, like that just helps you, you know, set up a blueprint for a game. And they just don't really have that right now. If, if a starter gets pulled early, they're kind of in trouble. Um, I'm interested to see how Clay Holmes comes back. He was really struggling right before that injury, but I think you could probably blame the struggles on that injury. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it was lingering back spasms. It's not like a serious problem, but he needed some downtime. So hopefully he comes back and and looks as good as he has looked since they got him uh, from the pirates. I I, I mean, yeah, he would, he would be the obvious guy that's going to take back that number one spot. I think. Yeah, and I think he's been the only person outside of Chapman at the beginning of the year that Boone feels comfortable handing the ball to in that in that high leverage role in the eighth or ninth inning. Yeah. And we've seen him do a couple two inning, four out, five out kind of saves. I could see those moving forward. You mentioned Michael King before. I 
when you said you, I completely agree with you that that injury seems like the real tipping point of when the season started turning a little bit, mainly because the offense started slowing down. Yeah. And that's okay, so long as you continue to win every game 3-2 thanks to the strength of your bullpen. All of a sudden, Michael King is not available to suddenly go two innings of, of big, high-leverage relief to get the ball to Clay Holmes, who then closes it down. That was the plan for the most part of the year. Then, obviously, he leaves, and now suddenly there's five to six outs that you need to finish throughout the game. Yankees offense was not covering that, and then the pitching wasn't picking them up on the back end. So I agree with that there. Um, obviously Clay Holmes, I'm assuming that this rest brings him right back to where he goes. I think he was losing control of the ball. I think he yeah. was just getting overextended. I also think that for his first real job closing for the Yankees, I think he hadn't really run into bumps yet. And all of a sudden this bump really kind of derailed him for a hot second. Yeah. I think this break gives him a chance to refresh and come back. I would expect if for whatever reason, Clay Holmes was dropped in your league, go grab now, because I think this is. I think this is a guy who could very much be a huge help in the saves category for the remainder of the year because I just don't see any real competition, especially now with Chapman on the IL. There's no competition for saves in New York. It's going to be his unless he gives it away. Yep, exactly. And what the Yankees did really well over the first three months of the season is they won games in a lot of different ways. Like it wasn't yeah. always the Bronx Bombers or, you know, Garrett Cole's dominant starts. Like they, they would do it a lot of different ways, and that's what mm -hmm. you need to be a great baseball team. And, and they've kind of lost that with all of these bullpen injuries stacking up. And if the offense falls flat or, you know, Frankie Montas gets blown up, it's, it's just, it looks like a little bit of a different team right now, but you know, they're still in first place. They're going to win the AL East. Um, they're looking ahead to October and I think they'll be fine. I know there's a lot of Yankees panic because they're passionate fans and I get it. I um, mean, yep. there's a, there's a lot of beat writers who cover the team. So you're getting a lot of information. Like mm -hmm. I always joke that like, if you just followed the Yankees on Twitter, you'd think they're like the worst team in baseball because you know people overreact, uh, yeah. but I, I get it. We're, we're I, well known for that. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to be, you know, a, a very, no, 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 nobody wants to face the Yankees in October. Like they've got all the, the pieces and if they can get their bullpen healthy, then, then they'll definitely look a lot better. Look more like the team that they were in April and May and June. And obviously getting that rotation healthy as well. Yep. We're good. Severino coming back. He looks like he will be ready to go by mid September and fully stretched out for a postseason start. Nestor Cortez goes on the IL. Um, but Again, supposed to be a short IL stint. I think if anything, this might be a good spot for him to just take a break. I, I, I agree he's with been you. Throwing far more innings than he was ever expected to throw, so this might be a good time to just manage arms before you go into October. Yeah, you'll you'll see those like phantom IL stints where yeah. is the guy really injured or does he need to break? I think this is actually an injury, but what they're saying is it's not too serious, and they needed to kind of find a way to to stunt mm -hmm. his workload a bit. Yep, um, and they need to find a way to stunt Severino's too, who yep. has really only thrown X number of innings, a very short amount of innings over the last Since three seasons. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so just getting him to come back um, and both those guys just being healthy for the spot. And then obviously uh, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals, the Harrison Bader coming over. Yeah, sorry about the other that. side of that. <laughs> I mean, look, Mon Monty is – that's an incredible four-game stretch for Monty. I didn't see all year for the Yankees, so enjoy it. Because well, it's been, uh, yeah. it's been phenomenal. I like I him a lot, but wow, that's he's been incredible. But obviously, Harrison Bader coming over in that deal, he is expected to be activated sometime middle of this month of September. Ideally, he is back as well for a postseason run. Yeah, um, 
Let's I, start. I, I, I want to just, yeah, I, I just want to, like, I, I think Montgomery is a perfect fit for the Cardinals mm-hmm. because they have one of the very most pitcher-friendly stadiums in the majors. They have a great defense. And you can see it like he's using his four-seam fastball 30% more than he did with the Yankees because he doesn't have to worry about cheap homers, you know? Or he's okay with, you know, putting the ball in play right. a bit more than I think he was when he was pitching in the AL East. And I, I'm a Bader believer too. I think he's going to fit in well there. I'm a little bit worried about how plantar fasciitis affects his skill set. And he's been out longer than the Cardinals expected when they first put him on the IL. Like it's, you know, it's been well over a month now. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but I, I he's an elite defensive center fielder when he's healthy, maybe the best in baseball. And I think there's offensive upside there for him to tap into. And maybe it's not going to happen until next year. And maybe it happens down the stretch this season. But I think that's going to be a trade that benefits both teams in the long term. I but I want, I want the Cardinals you. to lock up Montgomery to an extension, though. I love what I've seen so far. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> I know. Um, Chad here on the side says, what is your level of Justin Verlander panic? So for those who are unaware, Verlander leaves the game early today during his start. Um after 60 pitches due to a calf issue. Okay. So we are still waiting on more word from any type of tests, but I will say, I think from a level of concern or worry about him, the fact that it's a calf issue and not an arm issue makes me feel, or a shoulder issue makes me feel a lot more confident that this is probably a lot of precaution, probably, especially now with how they're going to wrap up that division within the next week or two. They can be very, slow on this. I would not be shocked if they put him on the IL stint, like we just said, to just kind of give him a rest before yeah. the end, before they enter the postseason. Obviously, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, they're looking at a title. They're not really looking at the regular season anymore. So I would say from a fantasy perspective, I'm a little worried about it just because we might not get Verland, as many Verlander starts as we expected when we woke up this morning. But that being said, the fact that it's a calf issue, until someone tells me otherwise, I'm not particularly worried about him um, his health moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I was looking for the update right before we hopped on and very relieved that, th- that it's just the calf and even, Hey, even if it's a calf strain and he has to take a, a two, three week break, like we talked about, that might be beneficial for him. It definitely changes his odds of winning the American league Cy Young award though. Um, he had kind of emerged as a heavy favorite recently. Um, but Dylan cease, if he stays yeah. healthy, and man, the White Sox are such a weird team, but if he can somehow pitch them to the AL Central, that'll help the narrative. Or, you know, if, if Verlander has to take three starts off, Cease could certainly overtake that. So get I just saw that points bet in DraftKings pulled the uh, American League Cy Young Awards you odds go. down. So I don't know. Hopefully you got your Dylan Cease ticket in this morning or something. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, that those odds are going to get much worse for him there. Yeah, uh, let's talk about let's start talking about week twenty here. Like I we, like we had mentioned before at the start of the show, for a lot of people in head to head matchups, this is either the last week or one of the last two weeks before postseason begins. Um, so I mean, a, a crunch time here, Drew. Why don't you start us off with a couple of the two start pitchers that you're targeting for this upcoming week to hopefully get these guys some Ws. Well, there are some obvious ones, Corbin Burns, Pirates, Diamondbacks, Max Freed, Rockies, Marlins, Carlos Rodon, Padres, Phillies, Tony Gonsolin, Marlins tomorrow to wrap up that series. And then the Padres, Zach Gallen, who has been awesome in the second half. He gets Phillies, Brewers, George Kirby, who has been tremendous lately. And 
man, if it wasn't for Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman, he might be more in the AL Rookie of the Year conversation. He gets mm-hmm. the Tigers and then at the Guardians. Um, then you got Jose Barrios, Cubs, Pirates. I know that he's been like so frustratingly up and down, but Cubs, Pirates, obviously. Ranger yeah. Suarez, Diamondbacks, Giants. He's been mm-hmm. very good in the second half, looking a lot more like the 2021 version of himself. Frankie Montas gets the Angels and Rays. I think you, you just plug them in and, and hope for the best. Um, and then there's some more questionable ones. Andrew Heaney, Mets, Padres. It's, you know, two good offenses there, but I think he's he's a guy that you plug in. Cole Irvin gets the Nationals and Orioles. I think you definitely plug him. Matt Manning, who is yeah. available in more leagues than he should be. Um I know he's been hurt a lot of the year, but when healthy, he's been tremendous and a former like top 20 prospect. And uh, with all the, the pitcher injuries that the, the Tigers have had to struggle through this year, it'd be nice if he could just stay healthy and like prove to be a long-term ace for them. Uh, Pablo Lopez gets the Dodgers and Padres. I think you just, you play it and hope for the best again. Uh, Taiwan Walker Dodgers, but then the Nationals. So I think you plug him in Lucas Giolito Royals twins. Um, Clevenger is talking about being up and down. Um, he, man, his like strikeout rate has yeah. vanished, but, um, he gets the giant. has been a very that, interesting case this year. He's just, yeah, he's weird, man. And his delivery is so strange. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I hate backing a, a Mike Clevenger start when I'm betting or playing fantasy. It's just yeah. like, this can go any, anywhere. Um, right. it could be dominant or it could be a blowout. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of the two. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a, about it. I mean, JT Brubaker has been pretty good for the Pirates, Brewers, Blue Jays. I don't mm-hmm. love that. The rest of them, uh, Brian Bello for the Red Sox, he's got a ton of talent and looked pretty good on his last turn. But I think I would stay away from, from you know, too much of the risk. Javier Assad for the Cubs looked okay in his debut against the Cardinals. But he gets the Blue Jays and then a rematch at St. Louis. So I'd probably steer clear of, of the rest of this list. I think that's totally fair. By the way, Matt Manning available in 78% of leagues um, coming off of, like you said, a cu- quite a few nice starts. So yeah, that'll, no, that that'll go like, up after our show. We, we that's push, exactly uh, it. That's yeah. the kind of taste ma- tastemakers we are. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let's stick, keep talking pigeon here. Nick Lodolo had a really nice start. Um, Today, gave up three runs over seven innings um, against the Nationals. He has continued to show very intriguing starts that uh, we expect from, obviously, a rookie coming into this year. Um, Overall, he has a 4.3 ERA, 1.45 whip, and 82 strikeouts to 29 walks across 67 innings. You really like those strikeouts. The walks you'd love to see down a little bit more, as you'd love to see that whip as well. But... He's been pitching very nicely. Obviously, he is a pitcher for the Reds, which means that you're struggling to find wins. You're struggling to find uh, quality starts and such. But he's been an intriguing arm that not only will we talk about for the remainder of this year, but he is starting to show the signs of someone, him along with Hunter Green, as we've seen prior to the season. He's coming back from injury now, expected to go out on a rehab assignment. But those two have looked like they could be a very nice centerpiece for the Reds moving forward when it comes to that rotation. Yeah, I, I like the... Going into the year, I was like really impressed with what the Reds had put together in their mm-hmm. their rotation. There have been some injuries and some disappointments, and yeah, I mean Hunter Green throws hard, but it's kind of straight, and MLB hitters can hit that. He needs to yeah. develop a bit more. You know, I like his slider, but he 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 needs like a sinker and like a changeup. It's easier said than done. Um, 
Lodolo's looked awesome. I, I think he's impressed me. I don't know. I, there have been those ups and downs, like you mentioned. You wish that he could rein in the command a bit, but mm -hmm. he's got the arsenal to yep. be a long-term stud. You're, you're going to expect an elevated ERA there, pitching in Great American Ballpark, and with if he doesn't rein in that command, there's not going the the starts aren't going to be very long, and he can get into some serious trouble. But overall, I think he's what he's done this year has been has to be very encouraging for the Reds as they do whatever they're doing there. I, the Reds front office and ownership group. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, but yeah. Like, what what did the owner say before the season? Where are you where are you going to go? Like, when, yeah, <laughs> when exactly. Someone... Like, you're a fan of my team. Like, what are you going to do? Not oh. watch the game? Yeah, that was essentially the that was the bullet point. That should be like in the handbook when you take over a team. Don't ever <laughs> say something like that. Should Don't be... ever just assume your fan base. All right, uh, yeah. and just assume that they will be there for forever. Because look at the um, twelve A's. people that show up to an Oakland game. Yeah, that uh, will argue that that. That is not a infinite bank that you can continue to draw from. Nope. Um, let's talk about Ronald Cunha a second here. Not in the Braves starting lineup on Sunday versus the Cardinals. He has been kind of struggling. I mean, he has not been a role. I mean, he has not been Ronald Acuna for this year, obviously coming off of the major ACL injury that he received last year. Um when you're looking at him for the remainder of the season, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I put him as a top 50 player for the remainder of this year. It just doesn't seem like he's going to have enough time to get it going. Yeah. But uh, how much do you, how much does, assuming that he continues on the path that he is now and having a very mediocre by his standards years, how much do you think that will impact your, where you think about drafting him in 2023? Man. I'd love it if he fell out of the first round or something. Oh, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the fact that we're even having that conversation is pretty and, shocking for a guy who was a lock inside the top three just about any year he's healthy. Yeah, and I, I there's a lot of group think in fantasy baseball too. Yeah. So I, whatever happens to finish out this season, I think by the time we come around to next spring, people are going to – I mean, you can explain away the, the struggles because he's coming back from that knee injury. He also had a calf thing. Um, he's He leads the league in caught stealings. Um, but he, he stays aggressive, which is nice. Yep. You like that as a fantasy player that he keeps trying mm -hmm. the powers down. The exit velo is down. Um, I think it, it it's going to be nice for him to, to have the off season and I don't know, the Braves are probably going to go on a deep run. So he's, he's probably not going to get much rest, but um, to have a full off season and then come into next spring, I think he's going to be a, a top five guy. I don't know if he will go within the top five, but that's probably what I'm going to be looking at him as a, a guy that in a down season can have 25 stolen bases, um, and double digit home runs. I know he just got to 10. You'd like to see more power, but I, I, there's full reason to believe that he can rebound still a very young dude and just mm -hmm. dripping with talent. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a bit of a bust this year and I, I thought he was going too early in drafts coming off that ACL. I don't have any shares of him, not because I don't like him. I just, you know, it takes a while for, for guys to come yeah. back from a major ACL. There were some other ligament issues in that knee too. It wasn't just mm -hmm. the ACL. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I totally believe in him long-term and, and going into next year, I, I think he's going to rebound and it, you know, it, it helps that the Braves got Michael Harris, the second into the mix. Um, I think that takes pressure off Acuna defensively, just sure. having that, that dude Roman center field and you can DH Acuna a little bit more. Um, they haven't really been playing Marcelo Zuna a, a lot recently. That's a whole nother story for maybe a, a whole nother yeah. show. <laughs> um, yeah, he's out of the lineup again on Sunday yep. night. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think you can explain away the struggles for Acuna and, and that when it comes around to next spring, we're all going to be really high on him again. 
Yeah, I would like to think so as well. And honestly, like you like you started out with, I would love for people to not be high on him because yeah, I have absolutely no problem. <laughs> if I'm sitting at the back end of the first and all of a sudden Ooh. Ronald Acuna is still available to me, I will gobble that up fast. Um, you mentioned Michael Harris. He gets the long-term extension uh, this past week, as does um, Julio Rodriguez. Get the bag, young boy, because that was an impressive guy for a guy who has not played a full season yet. Um, 200, I think 220 million guaranteed with the possibility of it going up to 475, I believe with player up player and team opt outs in after the 2028 and 2029 seasons. So maybe we don't see the full extent of this contract with those opt outs, but a full no trade clause. Basically they just gave him the Fernando Tatis treatment. Like here's the dump truck on the front lawn, have what you will. You're going to be the face of our franchise till I think 2039 is I think when this contract expires. Oh man! So uh, <laughs> genuinely, like the next two decades will will be the Julio Rodriguez show in Seattle. He, he seems like the kind of player that you would feel very good about giving yeah. that money to. And and I, someone was asking me yesterday, a, a friend at a bar, like, what what to, what does Julio Rodriguez's extension look like? And I was like, dude, I, I don't. It's very complicated. It's a very think. complicated one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like an NFL contract though there's a lot more guaranteed money where there's like it can be this or it can be totally something different i don't know you compare that contract to what michael harris the second got what's eight years 72 million guaranteed can go up to 10 years 102 million if he triggers yeah. the two options and i know michael harris the second is not julio rodriguez but it's I, I don't know it makes it that harris contract look pretty team friendly doesn't it? if if he's as good as he shows is mm -hmm. what he's showing right now. And I know there are things you can poke in Michael Harris's game, but I think the defense will play. Um, and I think he's, he's a power speed threat, like a 2020 guy. Oh yeah. And, and I don't know, it, it's, 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 there's a juxtaposition there that I, I find kind of fascinating. Um, but Michael Harris is an Atlanta dude and, and, you know, that's where he wanted to be. And yeah, it's seven, I'd take $72 million guaranteed. Um, if someone wants to give that to me, but yeah, Julio Rodriguez is a superstar and seems like a really hard worker and like has great energy, energy about him. He's the guy that he's the guy that you would commit perhaps $475 million to. Yeah, I mean, if if he's their Griffey, if he's their next Griffey, then this is then then lock him in now because yep. we've seen with plenty of other players. You you know, look at the Yankees and Aaron Judge right now. Like, if you don't get this stuff done early, you might uh, you might be putting up against when he goes for free agency. I'm you sure Juan, Juan Soto again. loved that contract too. Though. <laughs> oh, I, Juan Soto is loving that contract. He's loving every contract that's coming out yep. because he's just looking at free agency in two and a half years and saying, "I will I will take it all, please." Mm -hmm. Um, him and Shohei, both of them looking at that. You Jeez, mentioned the Braves. The I, I still thing. don't know. I still have no concept. F just, just, just trying to figure out what is the concept of how much he gets paid. I don't know. He man. gets the open market. He has two players in one. I genuinely don't know how. Like, is fifty million a year completely out of the realm? No. I don't think it is. Fifty-five, sixty million a year. I still don't think that's that crazy. Yeah, we had John so. Morosi on the podcast. That was yeah, right before the trade. Or yeah, after the trade, right around the trade deadline, yep. and he yeah, I mean he's like the, one of the most plugged in guys in the industry, and he was like, I have no idea what it's going to look like. Yeah, I, I was thinking like maybe you go short term, but like crazy, crazy. AAV, like seventy-five million a year. For over four years, I don't know. I I have no. There's never been anything like this. No. Um, 
man, and with the Angels owner Artie Moreno saying that he's exploring a sale. So I, I found it odd that the Nationals would trade Juan Soto in the midst. They're going through a sale as well. Right. Um, but and then I like had to check myself. It's like because I'm just thinking as like a baseball fan who's a kind hearted person, not like a billionaire who's like, no, when you when you want to sell a company, you like just drain all of right. you know, you you tear it to the bolts and then yeah, you, you slash the yeah. budget and which is kind of sad, but that's the way the <laughs> capitalism works, I guess. Um, so I, I yeah, I think Otani is not gonna return to Anaheim. Maybe they should probably explore trading him this winter yeah, i read a report awesome. i think it was john Heyman of, of in the new york post um was saying or it was in, it was in the athletic so that must have been ken rosenthal um he was saying that morena was like pre presented with trade proposals for otani and he had already kind of told people around him that he was going to pursue this sale and he turned down those offers um and they were like huge packages so i, I maybe they won't trade him. maybe they'll just let this ride out and go to free agency but yeah, that's going to be very interesting two winters from now to see how that all plays out. It makes it all the harder when you're not just playing this from like a GM standpoint, but you have to play it from the how does new ownership want to handle these type of conversations and what is the selling point and is this a positive or a negative, having him or losing him and all of those extra factors that go into play, which is already going to be an incredibly difficult signing to begin with and then throw all of that on top of it makes it even harder. Um, you had mentioned the Braves, by the way, and their stuff. Mike, the Michael Harris deal, as soon as I saw that, I go, I don't know. It must be phenomenal to play in Atlanta because they have a, between Acuna, between uh, Albies, between Michael Harris. Like these guys are signing under slot contracts for the potential that they could have if they wanted to bet on themselves, Aaron Judge way. They could continue to play this out and probably have a much bigger payday coming out. Instead, they lock it in early for, you know, again, I'm not going to look at anybody and say 72 million is not worth it. Uh, that's, that's, that I will never be the person who says that. But it is pretty shocking that I think Albies was, I think, a 10 year, like $70 million contract, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. The seventy million guaranteed is phenomenal, but Ozzy's, it's it was less than that actually. It, was it less than that? Yeah. Like, am I still giving him too much? Because yeah. it's it, it's amazing that the Braves have continued to put together these unbelievably great before anybody even has the thought about a free agent market. Like lock these guys in. Long Austin term. Riley, yeah. Oh, I forgot about Austin Riley too. So I mean, well, he got actually he got paid. he got a lot of money. <laughs> he got paid. Yeah, he got he, paid. he he earned his dollar figure. Yeah. Um, so it just it's impressive to see what the Braves continue to do with that stuff because they have locked up a good core of their group. And obviously they will have to deal with what to do with Dansby Swanson at the end of the season. He is a free agent at the end of this year. How much do they feel that he needs to be a part of this team? How much do they feel that they can find a better option elsewhere? That will be very fascinating. But the Braves have just done a continually great job of locking up their young talents before there's ever a conversation about extra zeros. Yeah. I mean, it's cliche to say, but they've built a really impressive culture. Like, I think that's the word. Mm -hmm. And we had Sarah Langs on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and, and she was talking about how the players just like, they really trust Alex Anthopoulos, who's mm -hmm. you know their club president. Um, and so, I mean, hats off to them. It's crazy in this era of baseball business and individuals, like, you know, individual players creating their own brand and being right. more conscious of that than ever, that they would be able to get all these, like you said, kind of under slot deals for lack of a better term. Um, 
props to them. They have built an incredible Matt Olson got an extension right when they acquired him yep. uh, before he even put on a uniform. So I'm more power to him, man. And, and they, they, that's an impressive organization as well. It's, it's right up there with the Dodgers, the way they do business. And I'm jealous like that. They have this young core locked up long-term who else. I mean, no team's even close to, to doing what, the, what they have done business wise. Like, it's just smart. And hey, maybe some of these guys will be a bust, but I feel like they're all like really believable players, like long term. Yeah. Like you you can project these guys will be awesome over the over the terms of their contracts. Right. None of them are like signed through age 35, you know? Like Matt Olson was pretty young. I think he's he just turned 28 years old. And I don't know. They I they've done a great job and it's impressive. It's a culture, I guess. I know that's that's the only word I can come up with. For, for yeah, I can't really think of any other group that has locked up their core for not a laughable amount of money for the rest of the year. I mean, my initial thought was like maybe Texas with how much they have half a mm. billion dollars they tried to give out in this offseason to Seeger and Simeon. But like and then even they clean then, house. those are guys <laughs> on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Braves like, continue to do really impressive stuff. Yeah. I like Seeger long term, but. Uh, I don't that the Rangers story is so just so strange. Like ownership had expectations that they were going to be good this year, just by throwing that's optimistic is that's optimistic, even optimism. Like I, I didn't know what, yeah. like wow, that's a lot. I didn't know anyone that thought they would be anything other than what they are right now. Like maybe they should have been closer to five hundred, but like you signed John Gray sure. and the rest of your pitching, you know, it's, it's not there. Martin yeah. Perez has been very good, but um. Yeah, they should have known we don't have the pieces. Like this is, no. I, I thought this was going to be like step one in moving from rebuilder to contender. Right. Just, but I, I don't know. It's going to take a two, three year period. You invested now, that's great, but mm-hmm. you weren't going to spend five hundred million on three players and expect that that suddenly changes you from a, a basement dweller in the yeah. West to They're, all of a sudden <laughs> like a wild card favorite. Like that's those were because you're not winning that division, not with the Astros being what the Astros are. So at best. You were hoping for a wild card, and even that was highly optimistic for a one-year step in the right direction. Yeah, their owner must have thought he bought a basketball team. Like, you need more than three guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah, boy. Uh, although that minor league system is very enticing. Yes, is. So you know, it if is. they if they can, you mentioned the pitching. I mean, be one two of of rocker lighter to go along with Gray within the next few years. Like that could be a complete game changer when it comes to them getting back. So I hope that they continue to invest because they've kind of already thrown their cards to the center of the table, so to speak. Like no use getting getting scared now. Like this is if you're ever going to invest, now's the time. No, man. Yeah, the, those contracts aren't going anywhere. Those exactly. secrets, I mean, you, and you've, they're, you've not, they're not movable either. So no. you, they're there, and they're going to be yeah, there for the you're, long. You're haul. in deep, <laughs> so keep swimming. <laughs> but that just about finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed or every you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Drew loves five stars, and I, I like making him happy. So those five stars are always helpful. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on the action. And for all of you with the fantasy football drafts coming up now and in the next couple of weeks, please be sure to head over to NBCSportsEdge.com slash NFL to get 
all of your fantasy football draft questions answered. Uh, Matthew Barry back on the NBC team. So make sure you are checking him out there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Drew at Drew Silve. Chris and I will have a fresh new episode out on Wednesday morning, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, best of luck to your fantasy teams as you fight for the postseason. Stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.